there's our music only with no, after it's edited. only in post. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. But you'll hear it later, and that'll be fun. It'll be new. <laughs> um, okay. uh, ladies and gents, welcome back to Articulate with Steve McJones. Today, uh, one Miss Delaney Bolger, uh, Delaney Ridgely Bolger. Bolger Ridgely. Bolger Ridgely, got it. And uh, we are here at the... Uh, at the the deer studio, what do you call it? The Christmas deer studio. Christmas deer studio. <laughs> to talk about a something that Delaney is very knowledgeable in, and I know nothing about. Like I was trying to do research for this, I don't know anything about. I didn't even know where to start. So I'm hoping. I think you'll be. I think we'll be fine. No, those are my favorite people to talk to because yeah. I all of a sudden look like an expert if I know a little bit. That's perfect. Next That's to a, somebody who doesn't know anything. Oh yeah, no, it's great. That's what we're here for. Um, so yeah, you, we're here to talk about water, and I just remember. So, like, where does this journey begin for you? Does it start at, you know, like, when you were a kid, there was a moment, you know, where you're drinking water, you're like, or something like that? <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> when you said when you were a kid, I thought you knew the story before. Oh, there is a story. There is a story. Okay, no. When I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I should know it. I'm her You know the brother. little t- patch of woods that we used to play in? Probably, you might have been too young because of the age gap. The one behind the Bataglia's house? No, behind like mom and dad, like the spillers. Oh, behind there, yeah, because we got kicked out of that place where we had like the little um, rock yes. uh, table. Man, that was like my sanctuary. A little living room out there with the beads hanging all over the place. Yeah, but the, the girls' club. The girls' club. Apparently, you had the the password. Oh uh, yeah, apparently. Or <laughs> we just snuck in there when you weren't there. <laughs> um, no, yeah, that was my like little sanctuary. That was the girls. That was the the Delaney club. Right. Um. And that slowly got um, developed, as most patches of woods do. And I became a little environmentalist and, like, you know, conservationist from a very early age. Yeah, what, what, what sparked that, do you think, in you? You just kind of saw what was going on with, like, global warming? or? Oh, no. I mean, it was that I loved being in nature and that was okay. being taken away. Like, even on like, the microcosmic example of our backyard. Yeah, that was like, my life. I out. mean, that was really truly like where I spent True. all day. You know, it was just like my, it really meant a lot to me. <laughs> that, that little place I spent a lot of time there. Yeah. I mean, it looked, like I said, it was like a living room. We would go hang out and there was a table and like yeah. we had to have food out there. There was decorations up on the wall. I took pretend naps out there. I sang <sighs> to my nap. heart, like in my mind it was like hundreds of acres and I just like saying like it was hundreds of acres and I, mm-hmm. you know, it was, you know, it was really formative for it me. Was. Yeah. I mean, we even, so after you kind of grew out of that, we still went back there and made like mm-hmm. other, it was weird. Cause you could climb up. I remember climbing trees. Like, but it wasn't the, as good. No, I know. But, yeah. but you could like climb a tree and when it was uh, full, like when the leaves were full out there, it would like, you would have a room up in the I trees. I know they were great climbing trees. It was, it was really wonderful. And I, just so the listeners know, like th- the people who actually own the property, which is funny because I was trespassing this entire time. Actually, I think it was city owned. I don't know that that entire yeah. woods has. Been, I don't know. I don't actually know. But you know, slowly they started clearing the woods piece by piece, and then I, you know, little thirteen-year-old Delaney started building stick walls, literally oh. walls that I thought would keep these like evil doers out, <laughs> like. <laughs> They're yeah. bold, like, literally they're boulders like my sticks. They're trying to gonna... clean up their backyard, and you're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. oh, but it killed me. But yeah. you know, thirteen uh, year old me right. cared a lot about staking my claimed and hmm. protecting this little piece of nature. Right. And you know that like that was taken from me and taken from all of the other children in the neighborhood, like mm-hmm. taken from me, like taken from everybody. And I think that 
happens all the no, I know that it happens all the time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so um anyway, I went to lots of school to learn about environmentalism, all sorts of I, I got a degree in environmental geography. Um went to graduate school for environmental policy policy and natural resource management. Mm-hmm. Um one thing I thought that I wanted to do with my life was work for the Nature Conservancy, where the they like a land trust. Basically what they do is buy land mm-hmm. to conserve it. Oh. That's, that's cool. What they do. Yeah. And it has so many benefits. Like, you know, people get to experience the land. Global like it's just the best like buying land and just like <laughs> keeping it as is yeah letting yeah. it alone like that's the best thing for all the things right yeah for sure have you ever seen ballad of buster scruggs it's just like mm-hmm. there's this one scene where it's like he it's it's out in the west and it, it's like a short story about a gold panner who is like with the first one to enter in this area to look for gold and it starts out and the sun is like setting or i don't know it's like rising on this beautiful mm. like everything is just green and like you like there's butterflies and birds chirping and everything and then you see the butterflies and they go and they go uh, and you're like what was that where did they go and then you start hearing singing and it's like the gold painter singing on his way and he finds and he stumbles across this untouched land mm. and you could just tell it was so, and then it divulges into him like another guy he finds a bunch of gold and then another guy comes and shoots him there. And so it's just like the disruption of this like beautiful untouched place into just chaos, basically. I just watched Pocahontas last night and yeah. you were describing exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a retold story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a, a right. true, you know, it happened. Yeah. So, yeah. So you wanted to work for this company that, or the companies like that. Yeah. Yeah. That happened. So I did. I wanted to do that. And I actually. Th- <laughs> But like my dreams came true and I got an internship for free working for the Nature Conservancy. It was like literally I was like stoked, p- broke and working for free for friggin <laughs> nonprofit. Um, but I realized it wasn't for me. Like it, my brain didn't work the way that I really like my brain to work. Mm. And so um, I think that was a good experience for me. Like it wasn't really. just like in- engaging enough. Or... I love numbers. I okay. really do. I love finance. I love economics. I, I got my master's degree. Um, I got a uh, second concentration in economic development. Like, I just love numbers and money. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm, my brain oh, yeah, who is. Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, my brain is, is just money. better equipped for that. Mm-hmm. So, um, after I graduated from graduate school, I, I found a company that works in the water realm they do a lot of cool environmentally like related things but they are consultants I was hired as a financial consultant in the water realm so it kind of got to use the finance part of my brain towards a towards nature uh, focused something that touches nature yeah it's not it's not quite saving right (laughs) saving you know but that's <laughs> that's when you were out like testing water and stuff, right? Or was no, that no, it was another internship. Different internship. Okay. Oh, but I, yeah, but and I did have a lot of like relevant water experience. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I won't say I was particularly like passionate about water. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at that point. Right. But it was cool. Like I started working there. I kind of saw some. You know, we can talk about that in a bit. But I. I became passionate about it because so what I did and what I do um is help municipalities government entities put a dollar put a, put a price on water mm. and like 
that's huge, right? That, I mean, that's like the kind of the two different big worlds that you are trying to combine. In my, in my opinion, there's like the money world, right? And mm-hmm. then there's like nature. Yeah. And so like in a business setting, you're the almost the bridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's the cool thing. That's why, do you know, I finished undergrad and I was like, yay, I know a lot about it in the environment, but like what? where's the policy like wh- how like let's make some actual change like what <laughs> what do we need to do here like what's the, I, i'm just not a you know a sciencey person I, i'm a policy person i'm a finance person i'm a like let's price water let's price our natural resources so that we can fix these problems mm-hmm. so, so when you have and and problems being like i don't know like, all sorts of things so okay. um environmental pollution would be considered in economics an, a negative externality. I don't know if you've taken an econ course, but that's basically a negative consequence that is not captured in dollars and cents. Hmm. So okay. like when you purchase gasoline, you're purchasing all of the, you know, your dollars and cents for three, whatever it is per gallon that pays for all the resources it takes to get that gasoline there. But what it doesn't pay for is the negative externality that is pollution that comes from you driving around. Right. So when you internalize that, that's when you kind of create that economic, um, you, you maximize economic wealth when mm-hmm. you internalize all those bad things that happen. Oh. Meaning you would just price, like in this example, you could just create a, a tax, like environmental tax that would um, yeah, that makes sense. capture those negative Benef- yeah, negative so consequences. fully like, I mean, like you said, it's just, there's like pricing based off stuff that happens before the product is shipped and used and or at least put into a car. And then the stuff that happens uh, from the outcome of that usage. Yeah. That yeah. It just captures all the bad stuff. Right. So, you know, if it's priced higher, people buy less of it. It's supply yeah. and demand, right? Right. Are you for that? Do you, Well, I guess, I mean, so then in that case is that taxes that you're talking about, like, um, like environmental taxes. Would you prefer to like incorporate that into that price with the full gas and have everybody pay for that, or um, you know what I mean? Like, that's a good question. Um, I don't know that I've thought enough about gasoline taxes <laughs> to answer that. Sure. Well, I mean, I, I, I mean that's how we're conceptually. I am for internalizing those externalities. Well, so let's re- relate this to water. So, like within water, you know, like what what you kind of had started talking about when we mentioned it. Um, initially was, you know, even just like transportation of bottled water, you know what I mean? And like bottled water versus tapped water and everything. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, it seems like obviously like tap water is just a lot more straightforward and way cheaper. But you were like getting excited about how much cheaper it is. It is so much cheaper. (laughs) I, yeah, I get all, I get all fired up about this. So um, if you think about like a 20 ounce bottle of water, Mm. 20 ounces, the decent size. Sure. You pay a buck for that, which is probably on the low end. Mm. Like that's a dollar versus I could buy that amount of water for like literally a penny. One of my clients, I did the, I was looking at this beforehand because I wanted the exact statistic. They produce water, meaning they get it from, they have a groundwater resource. They, they pull it out from the ground, clean it to drinking water standards, mm. send it through tons of infrastructure you know, you got the pumps, you got the storage tank, like tons of infrastructure to get it to the household so that you can instantly access as much as you want of or as much as that can flow through your five eighths inch pipe. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think it was $44 per month for an average user for 3000 gallons. Wow. So 3000 gallons 
gets sent to, you know, cleaned and sent to your house, and they take it away and clean it. Like for 44 and that same. That's crazy. $44 a month. And now they're on the low end. If you want to round up, so this is a water sewer. If you want to round up, probably most people, this is a Tennessee client in that area, probably 60 to $65. But okay, we're talking like somewhere around the $50 range for both water and sewer service instantaneously for 3,000 gallons a month. That amount of water, if you were to purchase it bottled from the store, mm-hmm. would have cost like $20,000. $20,000? $20,000 for that's that amount crazy. of water. <laughs> I know. So I just, I like can't. You know, that's so, fun. I got yelled at one time. We were like on our way to the beach and we like had left the house, but we didn't leave the block yet. And I'm like, oh, I forgot my water. Let's go back for it. He's like, oh, dude. He's like, you'll go back and waste time for, uh, you know, like the water from your house, but you won't like pay a dollar for it at the store. I'm like, no, because it's oh, so yeah. much cheaper. <laughs> it's so much cheaper. No, Why would I do that? I know. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. That, yeah, the knowledge just like isn't as well known and I mean like it's I think it's easy to take for this is what I was talking about say within like Barcelona or like in Lebanon there's things that like we live in our hometown so we're used to those mansions that are on that street there mm. but we don't know anything about them but tourists will come into the town and take the tour through the whole thing yeah, that- and they learn more than we know so it's like with water it's so basic and widespread that it's you're always constantly surrounded with it but when have you actually like thought about everything that goes behind water you yes know? water Gosh, it is such an intimate resource. Like, you know, of all the things that you use in your life, like, do you consume that much of anything? Like, you drink it. You put it in your body. You shower with it. Like, everything. Yeah, it's You're just... 63% water. <laughs> I, actually, I don't even know that stuff. I don't so think you probably that's know. True. It's probably more, right? Um, it's just a very intimate resource that people know nothing about. Yeah. Like, where, I bet you if you ask the average person, like, where does your water c- come from? They probably couldn't tell you, but they could probably tell you that they drink spring water from aqua. Fiji. F- yeah. Some, like, <laughs> stupid, yeah. Like, you're silly. Like, yeah, learn smart a little, water. <laughs> learn a little bit about your public water. Right. Well, and so that's the other thing that I think some people are, deters them from drinking tap water over bottled water is that they think it's cleaner. Mm. And you had some words to say about this. I have some words to say. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So bottled water is regulated by the Food and Drug Administration, FDA. Mm. Um, your tap water is regulated by the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA. Mm. The standards on the two of them are almost identical. Like, actually, they're almost identical. <laughs> so it's it's a common misconception. Um, the bottled water companies have the benefit of making a profit, which municipalities do not. Oh. So they get to do things like advertise mm. and, you know, sway the public opinion, which, you know, our mis- municipalities – don't not only they did not get to do they don't I I feel like there's a um, missed opportunity in how they communicate to their customers. Sure. Yeah. Like I engage with AT and T and T Mobile. Like <laughs> like I engage with all of my other util you know providers of things a whole lot more than I do my water. You know I just pay my yeah. bill and it's on auto pay. I know nothing about it. Right. So. Um, you know, no public outreach. Like, people are just totally... And it's that way because it's through the municipality? Well, because it's never been a priority before. Like, mm. it's just... Again, people are just taking it for granted. Almost. People just totally take it for granted. Like, and yeah. it never turns off. So it's just kind of been swept under the rug. Yeah. As this, you know, this huge, incredible resource that is insanely cheap mm-hmm. and, and treated to very, very high quality standards. Mm-hmm. Um, as high... As bottled water. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one thing I'll say is that I only say this because I know there's 
probably people watching it who have had their like water test kits at home mm-hmm. and they can probably well, f- you know find some flags or two yeah like in athens ohio we used to have like boil warnings and philly we've had a boil warning um obviously there's you know extremes like flint michigan you know what i mean stuff mm-hmm. like that so what's yeah what's going on with that um so a couple things um if water quality is tested at very regular intervals pretty much all the time at a lot of places throughout the the cradle to grave process cradle being when it's pulled from the water and grave being when it's it's delivered to not your door when it's delivered to your pipe your pipe right so um how you know you said frequently what like quarterly um i actually don't know that i I think it's um gosh well i know it's daily but i don't know if it's more more times than that um yeah and so every water provider provides what is called water quality reports that's a federal mandate they provide reports so you could go in and see your um the quality of your water when you know what the levels were at what time and what day yeah um and then if levels exceed certain thresholds that kind of raises a red flag and then that's when people are notified Mm -hmm. so that's all very governed Okay. If there's something wrong with your water, you'll likely know about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So if there is a red flag, they're almost immediately on Yeah. Top you'll almost it. immediately know about it. And, right. you know, fine. Go buy your bottled water or go drink from somebody else's tap. <laughs> yeah, right. But but one thing, one point I did want to make, um, the municipalities, the, the government entities that deliver, they're not always government, I shouldn't say that, municipalities that uh, they produce water. They own the infrastructure up into up until your personal infrastructure. So okay. looking at my front porch right now, the city of Lebanon will deliver water to my driveway. And right. then it's my personal infrastructure that takes it from the city's infrastructure wow. to my house. The infrastructure that you personally own may be old and it may be dilapidated oh, and it okay. may be like gunky or something. I, you know, I don't know. Right. <laughs> so I guess each homeowner is responsible for the infrastructure that's under their personal property mm. is the point I was trying to make. So if there's a water quality problem at your house, but it, you can go look at the water, water quality reports, mm-hmm. you know, but they're not there. Obviously the missing link there is that you've got a yeah. infrastructure problem. And if you're renting, go after your landlord. Well, ex- no, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. So instead of blaming the city or whatever. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Take some ownership. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. What is the ownership thing? You, the, it's like, you said that's murky. The ownership. Um, well, and, and that we, we talked about the other day, um, this public cry for free water because mm. water is a human right. Sure. We, you know, a lot of people think we need this to live and I don't, I shouldn't have to pay for that. Right. The same way I don't have to pay for air. Yeah. And, and I mean, in a way, like if you don't know much about it, that does seem like, you know, like fair, well, it's, right? It's very common perception. Right. My rebuttal to that would be water, at least on the East Coast, is free. Hmm. You can go to, <laughs> like, yeah. Go get some water. Take your take your bucket, <laughs> your, yeah. your pail. Like go down to the river and get some water. Yeah. Um, well, and also, I mean, even at like playgrounds or cap- campsites and like you know places outside like that have grills. It's like they have spigots you could just like plenty of places to get free water. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know the pumping and the cleaning and the infrastructure and the deliver like that is the part that you have to like, pay the, sh- the fifty dollars a month for. Sh- yeah. Should that be free? <laughs> like I, you know, I, I really, I, I do not think so. Yeah. So, well, whereas, so that's East Coast though, whereas that, in the West Coast, yes, 
So East Coast has what's called um, riparian um, doctrine, water doctrine of the riparian um, riparian laws. Basically, um, the water that touches your land is yours. So like if it, it's kind of proportionate to whoever touches it. It's, mm-hmm. it's like my land, my water right. kind of comes like water isn't sold separate from land. Right. Okay, sure. Um, at West, they have what's called prior appropriations. And that's a kind of fancy way of saying like dibs. <laughs> so um, you pay for water rights separate from Oh, wow. You pay the for land. the rights yes. on top of yeah. everything Yeah. So, so if you already... buy property, that doesn't mean you buy the water. Wow. Like if you buy a big old 100 acres with a river that runs through it, the water, you can't pool that water because yeah. likely it's, it's probably already been appropriated, which oh. means that somebody got there first, tapped into it. And put it to beneficial use. Okay. So then they have dibs. Which would be like, you know, the agriculture, right? Yeah, I'd have to brush up. Yes, agriculture is a beneficial. You know, I have to brush up on what is not considered beneficial, but it's a very large kind of blanket term for like they're already <laughs> they're yeah. using the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's interesting though. You have to pay for the rights. So is that like, like you said, is that an extra payment on top of that, like $50 a month or whatever for? Oh, no, no, no. That's not house? from your water provider. That is like, um, is it like state tax or something? No, it's not a like individuals wouldn't pay for that. That would be, um, oh, like companies, restaurants, com- like like probably the water provider. Like I couldn't even tell you one. Like Tucson Water would pay for a hundred MGD or a hundred like whatever their water Allocated. requirement. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, they would buy that the right to that. Okay. To withdraw it to then pump it to your house. And then you get penalized, penalized if you go over that amount? Oh, no, you can't go over that amount. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. <laughs> um, I, I couldn't tell you about how that is. I, I'm sure that that is highly regulated. Regulated, sure. yes. Because particularly they, they have a lot of water quantity problems out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so if the if there's a river that only produces 100 million gallons per day – and likely there's a lot of overallocation of that meaning there's probably 150 million gallons mm. per day already allocated from that single river okay so in situations like that let's say there's 100 million gallons per day and there's three water users or three people who've purchased rights let's say they each have 50 each yeah if there's a drought or it, it, it's i guess the amount that you get is dependent on the amount that flows. Right. So sometimes people who have purchased water rights don't even get don't the... even get it. But they buy their place in line. Do you know right. what I mean? Like okay. they have to know. Like when I buy these water rights, like I'm fifth in line. I hope there's water for me. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, no, it's a real it's like I took a whole water politics class. It's a it's a big big thing. Yeah. Well the politics is also another part that you had wanted to touch on, which again Water and politics. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. No, it's actually huge. Um, yeah. yeah, big old wars, as particularly out west when you have quantity and like, gosh, Mexico just gets whatever you know crumbs we leave for them and all that stuff. So, wow, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just think about it. The water flows from north to south, so um, yeah. people are left high and dry, and that's where you run into um, all sorts of problems. Particularly, drought rates has become a thing. So in times of drought, if a water company only has access to a certain amount, but they didn't get that, you know, Mm -hmm. usually they're used to this much, but they only got half of that this year because um, of what we just talked about. Yeah, because of drought. Um, 
they have to think about ways for people to use less water. And so like kind of like the gasoline example we just talked about. Yeah. Um one way to do that is to price. Start jacking up the prices. Right. But what you're doing is internalizing that externality. The externality being that like we're running. <laughs> yeah. Like, so it's like the stuff that they weren't already accounting for in the, you know, the cost of the water. Right. There's like, well, they now were, it's time. <laughs> well, right. They were pricing it before for like the actual real dollars and cents that it costs to get them to deliver it to you. Right. 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 But now all of a sudden quantity is a problem. We have to internalize that. Mm. So the only way to get you to drink less water is to price internalize the externalities there you go, there you go. <laughs> i took an econ class i know you, don't, you got it <laughs> <laughs> yeah no but that's crazy yeah so drought rates that's a thing and um, are they how often are, do we have droughts because like i know that the west has droughts all the time obviously this side of the mountain's pretty pretty little I, you know okay. um we have all sorts of problems over here on the east coast but yeah. water quantity is not one of them luckily so yeah i really don't work i my clients, um, North Carolina, South Carolina, Ohio, Tennessee, Kentucky. Like I, I don't think I've had run into a drought rate nice. before. So nice. Yeah. Um. So, but so then, what other political issues do you deal with in this side of the country? Then, oh gosh, political issues. <laughs> so many. Um. Well, you know, there's there's always the battle with public perception. My light move. You can maybe put it up there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, water. <laughs> Wallet. Watermelon. <laughs> Walrus. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what we're talking? Oh, political problems. Oh my gosh, so many. Um, one is obviously dealing with the public. Um, lots of public perceptions out there about how things aren't priced right, and that's a whole another topic we could get into is affordability and um how to deal with that in certain. Um, low-income pockets of America. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, the public, and I mentioned, you know, um, missed opportunity from municipalities with communication and talking about the value of water and really selling, like, how big of a deal this is and, like, um, you know, compared to other things that you actually need in life, it's very affordable. But um, then you have people who are elected that make, that ultimately have to approve Oh, right. Everything. Yeah, this is the part that I didn't like because I don't think politicians really know that much in general. I don't know. That's a you know a stigma that I have, obviously, not all politicians. It's a generalization that I'm making. but Right. So, um, yes, let's, let me describe the framework and then we can pick it apart. Sure, sure. Um, most water providers are government entities, meaning that they are governed by a city council whom are voted like you know the general as people populace. get voted yes sure. as people give it um <laughs> board of commissioners um and board of directors if it's not a government entity so they're governed by a board they're people who don't do this full time they don't live mm. in the water world they have to think about um their clientele right, right. they have to think about and, you know, something I run into all the time with our clients is, sorry, we can't have rate increases because it's a it's a voting year. It's an election year. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. And it's, like, kind of tough luck because they need the rate – they need, like, actually need the money. They have, like, infrastructure falling. Like, things have to get done in order to provide safe, reliable, clean water that everybody wants. Mm. Like, that costs money. And, that, and those costs are going up. And, like, it's just um, – you know, out here in the East Coast, we have old, old infrastructure – um, mm-hmm. 
built hundreds of hundreds years ago, years ago, like it's not going to fix itself <laughs> and, yeah. and you know, stuff is expensive. So, um, rate increases are needed and yeah, definitely all the time. And they're going to continuously be needed. Like forever. Yeah. Exponentially. Yes. yes and, and hence the affordability problems, but yes, like forever. Right. So when you have a, a, when you get staff on board, the staff knows they re- need a rate increase. When you get every, you know, they hire us, we tell them they need a rate increase, which is half the time with the reason that they hire us, by the way, so that we can stand up in front of the politicians and say, uh, they need a rate increase. We need a bad guy to stand in front of these guys. <laughs> yep. We take the bullets. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> um, because it's necessary. It, it's just, it's really frustrating to be um, ta- tailor to tailor to them. Mm. When, you know, it really shouldn't. We as We're the ones know. dealing with the water. We know it's like you know what you're talking about. Why do we have to tailor? Like this is what we came up with, and now you want us to. Well, we as the consultants, right? So, yeah. like, should consultants rule the world? Probably not. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> they should probably be. The public should have some hand in, in the hand that they have is voting their yeah. politicians. So, sure. Um, and you know what they do is try to keep rates low, which is understandable. But when you do that for too long, things catch up on you, and bad things can happen. Mm-hmm. So, like. The world explodes. No, like infrastructure falls apart and you have massive water leaks um, or you have old crappy wow. – you just have failures. There's probably a whole history to that too, isn't there? Yeah, there's um, – Like how there's like you know certain dates of like the stock market crashes. There's probably like certain dates that are like big within the water industry of like infrastructure crashes. Well, there's um, – been a few famous infrastructure crashes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Flint, Michigan. Everybody knows Flint. Right. Um, this biggest, most recent one, probably. Yeah, yeah. Boards. Boards. We elect them. Not, and they don't know anything about water. They don't know anything wa- about water. Um, and so that's like obviously like the first and most important thing of you know trying to make these regulations. So what what is like kind of the biggest issue that you run into with? Like, you know, like you said, you have to tailor these things. So, like, what is one of the bigger things that they're asking you to do? Well, um, I guess it's probably, you know, not raising. Yeah, nobody wants to raise rates. rates, And that's understandable. There's um, there's poor people in the world. Yeah, I did want to get into the affordability and what you I did. Yeah. Right. And those people tend to be loud. Right. Like, you know, you say a 10 percent rate increase, which is very high. The average rate increase is probably somewhere around four to five percent. Um, nationwide oh, four to five four to five percent yeah. per year right so um you know if you go several years with repressed rate increases or no rate increases at all particularly like you know when you had covid happen a lot of um municipalities delayed or you know maybe they didn't do water shot you know lots of wow. we affordability was kind of at its Tough, peak right it was, yeah yeah it was a big issue during covid so now the water utilities are trying to get their feet back under them yeah Try to recoup some of that money. Try to get back on plant. Like just kind of try to get back into without hitting people with ten percent increases. Right. Well, I but mean, they didn't do. A, but a they 5% didn't do work, so they year. should yeah. have ten percent yeah. increases. So now we're having to deal with that, right? Right. Um. So. With um, lower income pockets. Yeah. So there are people in the U.S. that don't make any money. Right. right. Their income is zero. Mm-hmm. So when we want to charge them anything. Whether it's fifty dollars a month, whether it's a hundred, whether it's one hundred and fifty, whether it's five dollars a month, like like somebody can't afford it, right? Mm-hmm. So each city, each service area, will have a spectrum of incomes, right? Like some areas are mm, wealthy, yeah, some are not. 
That makes sense. So where's the line? And and politicians, of course, want support from the voters. Right. <laughs> the people who can afford water. And there are people that are risk shocking. I'm not trying to minimize that at all. There are people that struggle to pay bills. Those people tend to be loud. You know, water, I mentioned before, is commonly seen as a right. Mm-hmm. We need it to live. Right, yeah. So here we are, the bad guys saying, I'm sorry, it's going to be hundred bucks a month mm-hmm. where it used to be 80 bucks. Now it's a hundred bucks a month. I'm sorry. Like that's yeah. what it costs to get the infrastructure, get the water to you. <sighs> Not even internalizing the externalities. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But exactly, still, no, yeah. right. And that's so, yeah. So then what do you do? <laughs> well, so, and, and that's like what I also, it's, you know, like you said, there were different incomes. So it's like, even in if you have like a median income place that's you know not that's making a decent amount of money you know what like 70 to 120k i don't know like a a city like that and there's still that's the median there's still people that aren't able to afford and even like you said there's people that are making that income but still have to spend it on families and you know other things like that and still can't afford you know huge increases in anything including water yeah look at you i feel like it's a monday and i'm at my desk having these conversations (laughs) I, i have these all the time um no, this is good. So how do you define affordable water? Mm-hmm. That's a huge topic. The EPA has taken a stab at that. Yeah. Um, decades ago, don't ask me the exact year, they published um, affordability guidelines, basically that water and wastewater combined, well, I guess water should be no more than 2% of the median household income mm. in a city. Okay. Wastewater should be no more than 2% of the median household income. If it's more than the 4% combined, right, yeah. for water and sewer, then it's not affordable. That's where they just kind of drew the line and said, oh, it's, it's not affordable there. And then that's where kind of federal programs kicked in and there's all sorts of um, effort to kind of press those rates down. Sure. Um. That has been revisited in recent years to kind of think more about the lowest quintile income. Because like you said, like the median isn't the full story. You still have a lot of you have 50% of the people that make less than that. So um, right. we started, you know, a little bit more attention drawn towards the lowest quintile um, and started thinking about it in more creative ways. But really, it doesn't, in my opinion, like how you define it. I, I guess it matters for telling your story. Like, this is how drastic the problem is here. Um, okay. If you're trying to get money, right? You're trying to get federal funds to help fund, you know, capital project, you know, whatever. Um, but the fact is that water and wastewater rates are growing at a at a much higher rate than income is. Mm. And so I think all across the country, water is just, it's going to be a bigger piece of your in- income. And that's mm-hmm. that's just the fact. Right. And how we deal with that, it um, really depends who you talk to. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're talking to you. Gosh, you're talking to me. I like to keep things separate. I like to price water how water should be priced. The same way that your internet is priced how it should be priced. And the mm. same way that your phone. People pay 80 bucks a month for internet. The average phone bill, I think, is $115 a month. Okay. Okay. Water is a whole lot more valuable than your smartphone. Than yeah, your smartphone, right? Clean, reliable water is a whole lot more valuable than your internet, right? So, so you're saying take the income based thing out of it? So no, I have to recognize that affordability is a problem, but the solution to that 
isn't something that should be addressed addressed in the field of water rates. Hmm. So there's um So you're saying keep the rates what they need to be regardless. The of, rates need to be what they need to be. Okay, sure. The end. <laughs> yeah, the end cuz they're like well you like water's a finite resource and yeah, all the reasons that we just talked about. All of the reasons that we just talked about. Right. People it, another common way to pay for water is to like build all those costs kind of just bake it into your property tax bill. Like mm-hmm. bake it in the general fund so that it's just like assessed as property. Mm-hmm. So like I guess everybody's still paying for water. But it's like through their taxes. So it's like taxes. one of those things that they don't register as they're paying for they water. They don't register it. They don't sneak see attack. it. It's, well, it's a little sneaky. <laughs> but they don't – again, it's like why are we trying to hide water? Like why is water so invisible to the human – like especially right. when when the bill is the only way that I interact with my water provider and you take the bill away from me and it's just like this thing that magically gets paid – you know, with my mortgage, like, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's it just might totally be more beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's totally. And then, you know, the other problem with it, um, is that everybody pays for water according to how much, to, to, according to their value of property. Mm. Right. So like if I have a, a million dollar mansion, but I'm only using a little bit of water, I'm going to pay a whole lot more for water than somebody who, you know, it's it's not based on how much water you use. Right. Whereas if you have a traditional rate structure, um, I guess it's it's a whole lot more proportionate to how you use water. Okay. If you use 10,000 gallons a month in an ideal rate structure, you're going to pay a whole lot more for me or a whole lot more for water than I would when okay. I, if I use 3,000 gallons a month. Okay. So, yeah, and that's what you're saying. What would be like an argument to that? Um, you know, when something is invisible, it's a whole lot less political. Right. So a utility could probably get the money they need a whole lot easier if nobody cares about it. Mm, okay. And you're much less likely to care about. It. Yeah, that sounds like I'm on your side because you want people to care about. I do water. want people to care. Yeah, I want people to care too. Yeah. And, and so, um, that's a common way to charge for water is going through the property taxes a new kind of up and coming way of thinking is having income based water rates. That's what we talked about the other night. Basically, if you make below a certain threshold, you get discounted water. Does that seem fair? I think it sounds fair. Well, well, a couple of things. There's several programs out there that's very common. Mm-hmm. Um like I said, you can apply f- to be a part of this program. Um, you know, you submit some income-based documentation and you become enrolled in this program usually for 12 months at a time and that you get some sort of benefit. And where the the pool of money comes from that funds those programs can come from so many sources. Charities, um, government. Yeah, yeah, you can have, like round up programs. Mm-hmm. Like I elect to round up by the penny or round up, round up by the dollar so that all that extra money goes into a pool that other people – but – there is some element of um, election, mm-hmm. right, into that. Sure. Um, what's the new up-and-coming thought process is that we are going to scale the price of water, like like actually like not through a program, not through some sort of um, elective discount. It, it, it is fully just an income-based rate. Mm. Meaning if I make more money than you, I'm going to pay more for water. Yeah. Or if I make less money than you, I'm going to make, I'm going to pay less. Um, 
And you, it seems like you don't like this approach as much. It's just messy. Yeah. I think it's really messy. I think income, I think income disparity is a problem, right? Like, but, but that should be addressed in its own right. time and place, right? Mm-hmm. Water should be priced like water, water and it should be agnostic to well, income. Yeah. Like you said, like Wi-Fi or internet it, and it's way more valuable than both of those It's things. absolutely more valuable. And if, if income is a problem, okay, let's dress, uh, let's address the income, mm-hmm. but leave water alone. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just think already. it gets murky and I think you run into all sorts of, um, Again, human right, everything we do in my company revolves around the cost of service. Like we try to make our rates fair. When we say we need a rate increase, it's because it costs us more money. Everything's based on cost. Right. Um, How can I say that when I'm just actually, (laughs) you know, moving dollars around to benefit, you know, people are subsidizing other people. You just get away from costs. And I think it's very messy. Yeah. Yeah, it's just hard. Do you see any opposing forces to that income-based um, water charging system that you said is coming? <laughs> um, well, everyone has their own opinion on how. Because you said that's up and coming, but sometimes up and coming things get shut down or don't. Well, get it's been implemented um, a it's few places. Gosh, don't I don't know if I should mention the clients that we've done that with. I guess it's public, but um, actually, you live in Philly. Mm-hmm. I think they have income-based water rates. They just changed it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think I heard about that, but really? I might be making that up. <laughs> well, they're not my clients, so I could do. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's been implemented a few places, and how's that going? <laughs> well, it's messy. Sure. Like I said, just well, the actual implementation, um, documentation, and you know, how do you like actually get all the data and get it clean and like actually calculate the rates that's going to give you the money that you need, and it's just a lot more administratively burdensome to yeah. to to do it um but i think the concept a lot of people like and it's kind of catching on a lot of like we're talking about doing something similar um with the city of richmond because there are a lot of it's a lot of income disparity there so everyone's going to have their own opinion on how wealth should or shouldn't be distributed Mm -hmm. um so i guess you know when you vote for your city council members and for your board of commissioners. Kind of looking to see what their water policy see is. See what their water policy yeah. <laughs> Ask them what, what are you interested in terms of how, of, in terms of water and wastewater rates. Right. Okay. And so then at that point, it's just like a, a, you know, a personal decision. Like if you, like you're saying that you believe that it shouldn't be fully income I based. honestly, it twists my stomach to think that there's going to be income-based water <laughs> and that there is income. It's, I, I really just, I feel like wealth distribution should be its own thing right. and leave water alone. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I recognize I'm not the only one that thinks that way. So every, I'm going to vote. You mm-hmm. should vote. Everybody should vote. <laughs> sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Put the city council members and, you know, talk to your, and that's the thing. Like nobody's going to, that's the problem that the, the nobody's going to, <laughs> well, but like, how do you even know who gives you water Mm-mm. or like, where does your water come from? What's your water source? Like, a yeah. l- I don't think anybody can answer that. So wow. getting people to care is hard. <laughs> right. So how do you recommend getting people to care? Podcasts. Podcasts. Yeah. Well, this, this will do it, right? Yeah, everybody, yeah, everybody, yeah, that counts. Well, no, everybody will hear it after right. this. Sure. Everybody the in the whole world. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. I, you know, 
one thing I wish that there were resources dedicated to is that communication piece, having, you know, public soirees, having input, public meeting, like just involving the public more, getting more active on social media. Like really the only time you think about your water source is when something's wrong. Um, And that shouldn't be the case. Yeah. I mean, I've seen billboards for like every issue, you know, like nicotine, gambling, you know, STDs, like all that stuff, but never water. Yeah. Never water. Never water. Yeah. And if, like you said, the bottled companies are more privatized, so they have, and they are allowed profits, so they have more money to put towards like marketing and advertisement and their public perception of what water is like. So maybe it could even, even though you're not even really behind the idea of bottled water as much as you are like, you know, the the tap water that's much cheaper, maybe it would even, you know, people that have money for actually advertising could potentially put money towards making it a more um, relevant issue. Do you know what? They actually do that. Do they do? Well, I don't know. You know one company that does? No, I'm just saying when, when, when people tell me that they like to buy bottled water because it comes from spring and they only drink spring water. Mm -hmm. um, Okay, cool. You care. You like have thought about it for a few, I I don't want to be patronizing. You (laughs) you thought about it more than zero. Right. And you have an opinion about water. Cool. That is probably. Better than half of. That's better than most people. Right. (laughs) Um. Yeah, so I, I don't know how to get people to care. I guess that's the best way is when people, you know, there's commercials about water purity and, you know, sexy people taking sexy showers because their water's cleaner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Care about clean water. I care about it too. Yeah. You just don't need to pay that much for it. Right. Um. Yeah, no, I, I think there should, it should be a more public facing um, service. I think... There's a lot of room for improvement in that area. Social media. Um, actually, the Louisville Water is one of our biggest clients, and they are really proactive about reaching out. They have a, a great relationship with their community. Um, they deal with lots of income dis, dis what's the word I'm looking for? Disparity? Mm-hmm. Distribution? Um, stuff there. So, they, you know, they're really good about engaging their public, and that's what it's all about, right? Is like, despite what my personal views are about how water should be charged. Mm-hmm. Um, the public needs to be involved and, and aware of what decisions are being made and have some hand in shaping that. So, yeah. And, and that is kind of like, it is way more politically, uh, um, uh, intense than I had, than I had previously thought about. Like I said, you think of it as a service and a product and a thing that is provided to you, but there are so many different there's so much there's so much yeah facets that go into it yeah it's a big topic right did we i i know there's so much more that we could probably get into was there any specific anything else specific that you wanted to dive into within yeah 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 so one question that you mentioned while we were talking about it the other day was what would i do if i could improve things Mm -hmm. how could i make the process more efficient um and a really fun kind of forward-looking concept is um, the idea of recycled water, Hmm. which is a funny term. It's hilarious to me because, like, think about it. It's It's always recycled It's always been recycled. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So we have water service. We have wastewater service. We have stormwater service. It's all one water, right? Like, water comes our house, it goes our house. Like, stormwater, like, uh, it all comes and goes to from the stream, right? Right. Like, so upstream, we take the water, we use it, and then we put it 
back into the water downstream. Right. So this concept of recycled water, well, and, and the it, it begs the question, right? Like, how long does the water need to be in the stream before people are not grossed out to use it, too grossed out to use it? Yeah, yeah. Right, like because if it came directly from the wastewater treatment plant and it was clean to a drinking water, like people wouldn't want that coming back to them, right? Yeah. That's wastewater. Like there was poop in that water. <laughs> right. So how long does it need to sit in the river? Like how long? Yeah, what is the limit? Because like you're saying, it's all recycled. It's all recycled. Water. Yeah. Absolutely. So there's this public perception that just, gosh poop darn Poop water it. is undrinkable <laughs> when in reality. It's, it's poop water. It's just water <laughs> with a little bit of yeah, poop. Yeah, yeah. So there, but there's been some breweries now. It's it's kind of popping up. Um, you'll see. Actually, I don't know of anybody around here, but um, there are breweries now that make beer out of what they call recycled water because they don't want to call it poop water, mm. but that's what they do. They take wastewater and it's cleaned really, to really the well standard to the drinking water standards. Bottled water, yes. spring water. That's right. Yeah. Um, and they make beer and people drink it Wow. and it's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it adds a little bit of that fermentation, poop fermentation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so if I'm, I'm waving my magic wand and can think about process improvements, why do we need a, big old water treatment plant and a big old wastewater treatment plant. Couldn't we just have one? Yeah. So like we just one big system where everybody old, uses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it makes sense. It's all recycled water. How long does it need to stay? Right. What's the number? Like, right. How, <laughs> Who's making that limit? And you wouldn't even know. They could lie to you. They could lie to you. They wouldn't even know. <laughs> well, they, they couldn't. You wouldn't taste the, the poop. Just check the, check the water quality report. Right. Just check the report. Yeah. <laughs> it's clean water. Right. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's an easy solution, I think. Yeah, well, it's easier said than done. But yeah, it's, sure. It's a, it's a fun, it's a fun idea. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, there's this idea of water quality, like drinking water, is highly, 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 highly regulated, and really, like, I would say ninety percent of the water that I use, that I purchase, actually ninety, probably ninety nine percent, is not. I'm not consuming in my mouth, right? Like I'm no, you're using it for washing your hands, yeah, for showering, washing, toiletries, laundry, laundry, right? Yeah. Yes. Flushing the toilet. Exactly. So, um, you know, one concept that they mentioned when I, I got my master's degree, I should have mentioned this. I took a, I got my second master's degree in water resource management out in Fresno state, California, which is a fantastic place to go to school for water because they have water issues right. out the wazoo in California. Right. Um, but that was a concept that came up over and over again was really, do we need water treated to drinking water standards when really it's like 1% of hmm. how water is actually used. So, you know, there's some, um, Oh wow. So it's like almost having different sources of water for different. Well, exactly. Could we not treat it to these crazy standards except for like at your faucet, yeah. right? Could you just like have a, like one drinking water. Could we make a, have a make a faucet that mm-hmm. becomes code mm-hmm. that all of a sudden makes water that's treated enough to do your laundry, yeah. but not treated enough, to, you know, free to drink it, and just like kind of filter it and clean it through yeah. that process. So, yeah, that's an interesting idea. But then you would know for sure that you're getting like poop water with the other stuff. That oh you're yeah, using. for sure. I mean, <laughs> I don't expect it to be brown. I don't want to like shower with brown. <laughs> yeah. There just have to be a new standard that they created for like cleaning water versus drinking water. Yeah, like clean enough water. Yeah. Clean enough water. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That's a concept, right? Yeah. <laughs> clean enough. Yeah. No, I like that a lot. And if it would help, you know, like, um, 
lower the rates or whatever, or help you know reduce the Absolutely. rates, yeah. or the, reduce the increases of the rates or whatever. It would, you know, I think it would make everybody happy, but it would be part of the public perception that we'd have to get people over that poop water idea. <laughs> the poop water. The poop water. I know. I don't know Is how you fix that. Yeah. yeah. Other than just embrace it. Just embrace. I mean, people used to be dirty all the time, and we made it to now. <laughs> You know what I mean? We're here. Uh, no kidding, man. Before 1970, not a world I'd care to. <laughs> poop water was a thing. Poop water was the biggest thing. The only thing, probably. <laughs> it was a big old thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, I think we did, uh, we covered a lot of topics. Um, I probably, like I said, there's probably way more that we could, we could even do a part two or whatever at, at some point if we need to. There's so much more. There's so much more. I could more. get on so many more soapboxes if you care to, but I, I, I think for, for the, your listeners in particular. Well, I mean, probably. again, anybody in general, it's like, um, it, it's like you were saying with, with water, at least again, the perception that I see is it's this basic thing that I don't think about. Or, you know, I'd talk to somebody who knows about it and it's like, oh, that's a whole thing. It's like a whole thing. Yeah. It's, it's a like whole a big thing old thing. Yeah. That I would have to read like books and books on that I can't even really comprehend. So, so little doses, you know what I mean? Oh, just talk to me. Little, yeah, talk a little to talk hour, to Delaney yeah. for an hour <laughs> and then, yeah, and then we'll move on from there. No, I really, I really don't know as much as I... I, I you know more than most people. <laughs> yeah, enough to talk to you. <laughs> enough to talk to me about it. And I think this, like I said, I think it's a good place to start with just like, you know, informing the public. And yeah. um, that's what we're aiming to do, I think. I did also want to say, I think a good way to do it is celebrity endorsement. So we're both, let's, let's both uh, get some water. I was going to, oh, yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> and just make it sound real good. You know, like uh, mom at, so good. like mom at the dinner table. Okay. I'm not going to lie. The water, the way the water tastes is like a real thing. They have like contests among at like utility conferences they have big contests that they care a lot about about who has the best tasting water yeah and i'll tell you what i've never tasted water better than mom and pops at really? our yeah at our home at our home that's wow. the best tasting water i've ever had interesting mm -hmm. no that's good to know two things though before we do this mm. one uh one time i was wondering when i was a kid you know, remember uh like the big cotton candy things don't drink it i yet. know i'm thirsty <laughs> <laughs> uh the big cotton candy like just plastic cotton candy yes. things you would get one time i um i wanted to see i was like oh i wonder how much water i could drink because i loved water so much <laughs> i wonder how much water i could drink before like i don't know what was happening you should be able to just drink infinite amount of water and so i filled that thing up with water and i just started chugging it and i threw up yeah yeah you can, <laughs> you can definitely die that's yeah, the thing. <laughs> you can't just drink water forever no you can't unfortunately yeah you're dead yeah but then so um the other question is when do you think water tastes the best tap tap water room but in like what like like after a workout or like on a cold day and you have like warm water what's the best situation to drink Ooh. water oh my gosh i'm so torn sometimes i get warm lemon water and it is oh like hits the spot like warm in a big old water. coffee mug oh it hits the spot yeah but after a workout you know that always helps too yeah so wow warm lemon water yeah and that's uh, underrated i never oh, tried it. Totally to underrated. it and like you just keep drinking it forever like yeah, you could you you just, have, like, well you can't chug it because you throw up <laughs> but yeah you wouldn't chug it in a mug. right true so it's either that or you yeah, said you were torn yeah. after a workout, yeah, just chugging. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, right. how about you? What's your best tasting water? Best tasting water? Well, when I was a kid, I used to think it was shower water, just standing in the shower, just drinking the water. <laughs> you would. <laughs> yeah, one time I filled up, uh, I thought it was the best one. I filled up like a bottle in the shower and I was like, I'm going to drink this afterwards. <laughs> 
And then it got like cold, and I'm like, it doesn't even taste as good. Not as good. Yeah, it's that not fresh as good. shower water. Yeah, but yeah, honestly, I think the best tasting water is like. I don't know, for me, it's like after you're hungover in the morning and you mm. just like, especially if it's like, you know, it's like, like cold, no ice, but like clear, like, yeah, yeah like real good water. Yeah. Yeah, it's the best. There's nothing better for sure. Uh-huh. And then it like makes your headache go away magically. Mm. It's not magic. It's science. <laughs> it's biology. <laughs> water. <clears throat> water. Good, good for the soul. Good for the soul. Now we're going to chug the whole thing? Yep. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Mm-mm. That's good water. So good water. You need it. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. All right. Thanks, Tony. Cheers. Thanks.